Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 4th of August, and I'm back from trying to take a day off work yesterday, but that desk was just sitting there. It kept dragging me back in. You really have to be quite disciplined to have a holiday these days when you're stuck at home with your computer. Anyway, the market doesn't seem to be able to make its mind up. On Friday, we were down 123 points. Yesterday, we opened down over 60 points. We ended up flat, and today we're up 124 points, which, on my calculation, takes us back to exactly where we were on Thursday evening. Very hard to pick a theme at the moment. Yesterday's theme was all about the Australian economy tipping over and our international stocks doing better, notably healthcare. But today, the banks are flying again, and technology is having an absolute blinder. The major theme at the moment seems to be an economic recovery theme. And I have to say, reading some of the headlines, you begin to get a little bit more optimistic. One of them is that my brother and his wife, both of whom are doctors in London, tell me that attitudes and activity has just back to normal in London. They just don't seem to care about the virus anymore. And when you consider that, although we are having our virus turmoil at the moment, it may well be the rest of the world is going to recover. And there are some signs of that happening overnight. US ISM manufacturing activity hit its highest level in one and a half years. Chinese factory activities hit its highest number in a decade. Recent Chinese PMI numbers also hit a multi-year record. Some of the hotspots in the US are flattening out. Virus cases in Australia, or Victoria rather, peaked at 723 on Thursday, 671 on Sunday, 429 yesterday, and 439, I believe, today. If we were to get on top of our case numbers rapidly, which you imagine they would do with this sort of lockdown in Victoria, that is going to inject some short-term economic optimism to take place of this short-term economic fear that has been running for the last few days. Also, interestingly, yesterday, some of our healthcare stocks, particularly CSL and Cochlear, started to outperform. Not enough to really start an uptrend, but enough to trigger some very short-term buy signals. And I'll come to this a little bit later. They were probably helped out by a bit of a dip in the Aussie dollar. As I say, I'll come to that in a minute. And another positive was the trend in the VIX volatility index in the US and I've put the chart in for the US and Australia. There is a VIX volatility index for the ASX 200 as well and those have been improving or trending down for a while. We're not back to bull market levels but there's definitely an improving trend there. The negatives at the moment are the World Health Organization who of course are paid to care about the virus whilst it seems the US and the UK are ignoring it but the Director General of the WHO says the road back to normality will be long. There may never be a perfect vaccine and that countries need to do it all to get on top of the virus and that face masks should become a symbol of solidarity. You wonder whether the World Health Organization are going to become a group of screaming scientists that are ignored rather than directing policy. It seems they are already losing their traction with governments and central banks. Another negative overnight was the fact that the technology sector was up 1.7% in the S&P 500. Again, technology leading the whole market up. Microsoft was up 5% on the back of its potential purchase of TikTok. Bit of a free ticket there for Microsoft. And this technology fever has spilled over into Australia today as well. You've got APT up 6.7%. They recently did their share purchase plan at $66. It closed last Friday. They only had a 19% take up. And today it's back over $71. There is a bit of a technology frenzy going on today. Caution thrown 
to the wind. Meanwhile, we're still seeing record numbers of cases in the US despite some of the hotspots flattening out. There is an RBA meeting today and the RBA have a statement on monetary policy due on Friday. I doubt they're in any mood to be particularly optimistic after the recent Victorian lockdown. It's more likely to deliver a sober assessment of the Australian economy and you'll see some of the headlines around today about the new lockdown costing another $5 billion to the government and putting 250,000 people out of work. This is not a time for the RBA to be talking things up. We'll find out today at 2.30. And another negative, although they've bounced today, significantly bounced today, was a breakdown in the bank sector chart yesterday. This second round of lockdowns in Victoria have killed the economic outlook and started a sell-off in domestic cyclicals and banks head up that group of stocks. And it's also another reason for the banks not to bother paying out generous dividends. The 50% payout ratio suggested by APRA last week may now be a ceiling rather than a baseline. Anyway, very nasty sector chart on the banks. That is in the strategy piece today. But as I say, completely reversed it today. They're all up 3% today. Very hard, this market. It really is a difficult call to know which theme is going to appear on what day, whether it's the scenario vaccine or scenario virus, or now we have scenario virus in Australia and scenario recovery in the rest of the world. And I think that's what the market's responding to today. So strategy summary today is I'd be happy if I was you buying individual stocks if they're going up, but I wouldn't be chasing the well-accepted themes in technology, gold, resources. The real opportunities are going to come in the oversold stocks as they turn up. And that's going to take a genuine recovery theme. That is to say, the market getting optimistic about global growth, which it sort of has in the last 24 hours. And you'll see that in the sectors that start to move. When we start seeing the US and Australian travel, energy, tourism sectors start to lift, you'll know it's game on for a recovery from virus fears. But there is no sign of that amongst the sectors yet. Also on the strategy front, I am about to talk about the Australian dollar and how it matters to the Australian market. It has had a great run from 55 cents, admittedly that was an oversold level, to recently over 72, I think it got to 72.23 last Thursday and has since come off to 71.15 at the moment. But if it does come off the top, which is sort of logical if this Australian economic weakness that we're now expecting because of lockdowns detaches the Aussie dollar from the global economic optimism, you might just see the Aussie dollar come off the top. And there's a chart in the strategy piece today showing the correlation of the Aussie dollar with the equity market over the whole whole COVID-19 period. And this is what has sat, this Aussie dollar strength has sat on stocks like CSL. And it would be very interesting to see that now coming off the top on the back of this Australian economic outlook, which has clearly deteriorated. And that might really favour some of our international stocks, which at the same time are the stocks that are not as exposed to the Australian economic weakness. So there is potentially, if the Aussie dollar comes off, a great opportunity to start buying some of our big international stocks with exposure outside Australia that benefit from the Aussie dollar falling. And CSL would lead that group of stocks. And we will write about it the moment we see that happening. Well, we are writing about it today. So part of the strategy at the moment is just trying to work out whether the Aussie dollar is going to come off the top. If if it does, then there will be a few stocks to buy. Meanwhile, we'll be steering clear of domestic Australian stocks tied to the Australian 
Australian economy. They remain high risk, especially over results season. I see Roger Montgomery out with a comment this morning that the reporting season, which is just kicking off now, will have the widest disparity between earnings expectations and results in memory. He is making the point that this is a very risky results season. It will polarise companies. Some have had, as he calls it, a shock from the economic impact of the virus on their business models. And in contrast, some companies' business models have done very well out of it. So all eyes on the results season. Not much to go on this week. We've already had Rio. Rio, by the way, goes ex-dividend on Thursday. If you wanted to buy it for a dividend, you'd need to buy it today or tomorrow. We also have results from REA Group this Friday, IAG this Friday, and we've got ResMed as well. ResMed's going to be interesting. Presumably, and their share price is suggesting this, presumably they have kicked the lights out in the last quarter, one of the beneficiaries of COVID-19. We will see. Then we get into next week where we've got results from Commonwealth Bank on Wednesday, Telstra on Thursday, and a host of other stocks as well. Going to be a very interesting two or three weeks. And as I say, if you are like me, you'll let the results come out first and chase stocks that sound the all clear signal on results and chase the stocks that impress and stay away from those that don't. Now, in the strategy piece today, I have got a couple of little articles. One of them is somebody asked for all the commodity price, not all the commodity price, the metal price and iron ore price charts. Worth having a look at those. All of those are in uptrend. Nickel, zinc, copper, aluminium. And whilst you wouldn't bother playing the underlying commodity, there are some stocks highly geared to rises in commodity prices. The iron ore price, obviously, Fortescue Metals, copper price, Oz Minerals, nickel price. There are lots of them. Independence Group, WSA, Poseidon, Nickel, and most of those have fallen over recently. Finally, I've got an educational article in the strategy piece today talking about international fund managers and the Australian equity market. You may not know it, but 35 to 45% of our market is held by international fund managers. And that money is mobile, you might call it. Whereas domestic fund managers have a mandate to be invested in, say, the ASX 200, 300, the All Ordinaries Index, and they sit there. Their game is to outperform that index. They don't really care if the index goes down, they still stay fully invested or fairly fully invested. But international fund managers can take us or leave us and they are all judged on MSCI indices. And I've got a little bit of an explanation there of the MSCI Australia Index, which includes 64 Australian companies. And these are the companies that the international fund managers buy and sell in our market when they're trying to get an exposure. And they are obviously all the bigger stocks. And that MSCI Australia Australia Index is also part of the big MSCI flagship indices, which is the World Index and the All Country World Index. And Australia is just 2.06% of the MSCI All Country World Index, to which a lot of international fund managers benchmark themselves, or they benchmark themselves to the World Index. And you can see that they don't really have to hold Australia. It is such a small part of that index. So if they decide that the Aussie dollar is going to fall over and that the Australian economy is weak, they might just decide to dump Australia. And this is the 35 to 45% of the Australian market, which is mobile in the hands of international investors. That's what can move our market. And if the Aussie dollar, the point is, if the Aussie dollar comes off the top, it's a double reason, apart from the Australian economy, for international fund managers to sell down our market. Now, if you look at the correlation between the Aussie dollar and the ASX 200, the chart I've got in the strategy piece, you will see 
see it's been a very close correlation over COVID. And the risk is that if the Aussie dollar falls over on the back of this lockdown and the new economic outlook, that the equity market falls over as well. So keep an eye on that. But this description of how the MSCI indices work tells you how Australia fits into the world of an international fund manager. And the bottom line observation is that we are a little bit irrelevant. They only play in our big stocks and a lot of them Some of them will hedge the currency, but a lot of them will have a currency exposure. And if the Aussie dollar starts to fall, it might not be good news for our equity market. Anyway, have a look at that in the strategy piece. Bit of an education about MSCI indices and how the Australian dollar can affect our market. Right, that's about it for today. I have to say, feeling more optimistic about the market, but this volatility over the last three days is hard to get behind. It's hard to get behind the rally after one day against the current economic backdrop and the Australian economic outlook in particular and with the results season around the corner. As I say, the results season might just clear the air for some stocks. And if we do see a fall in the Aussie dollar, the focus goes on to our international stocks. Also interesting to note that should the market start to get this economic optimism into its head, you're probably going to see things like the gold sector come off the top and possibly technology in the US, which has been seen as a beneficiary of COVID-19. If we start to fear that less, then more cyclical sectors are going to come into focus. Right, that's about that. We await the RBA. I've got to say, the RBA, there's no chance, is there, that they're going to do anything on interest rates. But I tell you, if they were ever going to break the line on 0.25%, then they have every excuse they need today in the face of a grim economic Australian outlook to do that. I'm sure they won't, but let's see what they have to say. 2.30. As I leave you, the market is up 113. It's gone into a bit of limbo ahead of the RBA. The Dow futures don't know what to do either. They're up 16. It is a good day, although it's very hard to trust it these days. (laughs) 